Hello and welcome back to the Canadian Money Roadmap Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Neufeld. Today we are getting close to the end of RRSP season and so I thought it'd be a good time to talk about the perfect RRSP strategy. Now, before we get started today, I'm actually going to be joined for this episode by one of my colleagues and fellow advisors here at Ensign Baxter Wealth Management. Please welcome Jordan Arndt to the show. Yeah. Hey, Evan. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan, for joining me today. This is going to be fun. Okay. So I talked in the uh, in the intro about the end of RRSP season. That might be a bit of an industry term here, but essentially there is a deadline to make an RRSP contribution based on last year's income. So RSPs are a little bit goofy that way. If you want to make a contribution to reduce your income from 2021, you still have the first 60 days of the year to do that. So for this year, that means March 1st is the last day that you can make an RSP contribution for the 2021 tax year. Okay, so now an RRSP, let's remind everybody that is a registered retirement savings plan. Because it has retirement in the name, should everybody be using one of these to save for retirement, Jordan? Well, you mentioned in the intro, there's a perfect RRSP strategy. So I, you know, based on that, I'm going to say yes. Well, however, I think it depends. Yes, yes. Like every good answer. So my argument would be that no, not everybody should make one. And there are a few situations that would be better than others to make the RSP work in your favor. Now, maybe we should do a little bit of a rundown of what an RSP actually does and the mechanism for how it works. So Jordan, can you remind our audience here what an RSP actually is? An RSP is is just another plan type that we can use to allow our money to grow for investment purposes and, and specifically retirement. It has special tax treatment. And Evan, did you want to get into to the details on that? Yeah, sure. So essentially, when you make an RSP contribution, it reduces your income. So in most people's case, if you have employment income, that means you already paid tax on your money. So when you make an RSP contribution, you're going to get a refund for your contribution there. So a lot of people say that an RSP contribution is kind of like investing pre-tax money because you get their tax money back when you make the contribution. Maybe I'm jumping ahead of myself here a little bit, but I'm going to get back to that in a second. And I would make the argument that that's not actually the best understanding of how it works. But functionally speaking, it's just a plan type that you get a refund for making a contribution. But when you take your money out in retirement or any time, you have to pay tax on every dollar as well. If you want to learn a little bit more about RSPs, I've had a few episodes where I've talked in more detail about how they all work and a few other situations here. But let's get into it right away with what is the best way to use an RSP? Well, as we kind of alluded to, it depends on your situation. Now, if you are like most Canadians that contribute to RSPs, you have employment income. And before you get paid, your employer takes income tax off of what you get paid, sends it to CRA on your behalf. And what you get left with in your bank account is what we call after-tax money. So if you are making a contribution to your RSP with after-tax money, that means you're going to get a refund. But if the concept of the RSP revolves around investing pre-tax money, that refund isn't a bonus. That's not free money. That is designed to be reinvested so that your RSP pool is bigger than what you would have originally been able to contribute out of your bank account on your own. 
So the real question here is, what do you do with your refund? So what are some options of what people can do with their RSP refund? Simply, I guess you could just go out and spend it. We all have many ways we can find to spend a, a few extra shekels. Especially with inflation being as high as it is. Especially with uh, inflation. You can reinvest your, your refund. You can put it uh, down on debt. Perhaps you can give it to charity as well if you are charitably inclined or looking to give some money away. Okay, so let's walk through a few of those options there. So spending the money, okay, I, I like spending money as much as the next person. Absolutely. But if we're looking towards long-term and this contribution is designed to be retirement income in the future, if you're spending your refund, you're essentially lighting that money on fire because it is just turning into, I don't know, new car, vacation. These things are all well and good, but it, if it's not meeting the goal, it's not working in your favor and it's going to be working against you. Okay, so what about re-contributing or reinvesting that refund in the RSP? How does that mechanism actually work? Yeah, I think that like that's of course a, uh, you know, we're beyond spending and now we're looking at uh, re-contributing our refund to to continue the growth. So of course, taking that tax refund and putting it back into the RSP is a, is a great option to continue that tax deferral and save money and, and have it grow for our investment goals and maybe in this case specifically retirement. What's interesting about that is if you get a refund, there is the behavior aspect of having to remember to invest that back into the RSP. And so there's nothing automatic there. You don't know exactly how much your refund is from your RSP contribution. And so, you know, I think we just need to be careful to make sure that we are contributing that money back into the RSP. Right. So if you were to take your refund and put it back in the RSP, Kind of the cool thing that happens there is that it'll generate another refund the next year. So there's almost kind of like a trickle down effect here. Refund on the refund. Refund on the refund. Yeah. And so let's just use a hypothetical here so people can kind of wrap their their head around it. So if they're in the 33% tax bracket, again, go back and look at my episode about marginal tax rates to understand what we're talking about there. But if you're say in the 33% tax bracket and you make a thousand dollar RSP contribution, you're going to get about $330 back. So what do you do with that $330? Well, you could do another RSP contribution. And Jordan, what's the math on that one? In that case, you might get about $110 back the following year. There you go. So if you reinvested the refund, then it can kind of create smaller refunds as it goes. The math gets a little bit complicated if you want to keep doing that down there, but that's essentially how that works. So with the goal there being to have a much bigger RSP pool to account for the future taxes when you have to take the money out. Use the same concept of reinvesting that refund, which I highly recommend if that hasn't been abundantly clear already. But what if you take your RSP refund and you invest that in the TFSA? What does that look like? Yeah, that's an interesting alternative. The TFSA, you will not get a future refund on that. However, that growth is entirely as the name suggests, tax-free. And so if you contribute back to the RSP, the, the tax man is is coming at some point when you want to withdraw. In the case of the TFSA, it is also a, a savings plan or a place that we can put investment dollars. However, there is no tax on that growth upon withdrawal, whenever that may be. Yeah. So if you have room in your TFSA, this strategy is bordering on that perfect strategy. Because if we go back and look at what happens when you reinvest that money into the RSP, you have a big pool of RSP money, but the problem becomes the future tax bill associated with that, whether that's on on spending when you retire or upon death, if you have to leave that to your beneficiaries. So 
The nice thing is if you're taking your refund and you're investing that in the TFSA, well, that can create growth for you in a tax-free way today and tomorrow and even after you pass away. So you kind of get the best of both worlds by doing the RSP contribution and then reinvesting the refund in your TFSA. I totally agree, Evan. It it takes away some of the challenges as well with remembering to continue to, you know, the concept of the refund on the refund. Well, that turns into a third refund and a fourth refund. With the TFSA, you recontribute it once into the TFSA and you don't have to worry about doing anything in future years again. It's just a little bit simpler, a little bit cleaner, and ultimately produces uh, a very near similar uh, result in the long run. Okay, so those are some of the options for what to do with the refund on the investment side. But a lot of people say that they want to use it to pay down debt. Is that an advisable strategy in in many cases? I definitely think there's some cases where using your refund to pay down debt certainly makes sense. Uh, a, a classic case or an obvious case would be something like a credit card. Maybe you're paying you know just under almost twenty percent interest on that. If you have credit card debt there's not going to be many better uses of a refund or some extra cash to not pay that down. It gets a little bit more complicated maybe as that uh, interest rate on your debt gets lower with something like a mortgage. Rates have been fairly low recently. Is that a better option compared to reinvesting it? It depends. I'm going to use the bad answer of it depends. The best answer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, the numbers would suggest not though. You know, it's, in terms of maximizing, I guess, the dollar benefit to to you, the the answer would be no. To if you have low debt, like something like a mortgage, given historical rates here recently. Investing that into a, a TFSA, like we've talked about, is probably a better option that's going to produce a, a larger value for you in the long run. Right. And and the key thing there you mentioned is the long run. So if we're looking at someone with a longer time horizon, investing, there's no guarantees when it comes to investing, uh, of course. But even if you use a pretty conservative rate of return on an investment, chances are over a 10, 20 year time horizon, investing should outperform But if you've maxed out your TFSA, for example, your home is also a tax-free asset that is hopefully growing here in Saskatchewan. Our rates of real estate growth are a lot less than places like Vancouver and Toronto, but that's also a tax-free asset to you. So that's accumulating in, in that way. So paying down some of your mortgage debt, it's not necessarily a bad idea though either, especially if you're getting close to retirement and that timeline is a lot shorter. For sure. That's a great point. Okay. So let's put together a bit of a hypothetical scenario here. So what is the best way to use an RSP for someone who's earning income in what I would call the middle tax bracket? So here in Saskatchewan, most provinces are pretty similar, but here in Saskatchewan, it's pretty close to between 50,000 and 100,000. That marginal tax rate is about 33%. So a lot of people find themselves in that middle bracket, even early career, later career, that's average or even a little bit above average, actually. So say someone that's earning $75,000 here in Saskatchewan, how do we best use an RSP to our advantage? Yeah, I think, you know, of course, the challenge is predicting what your tax rate will be like in retirement. We can only do the best that that we can with our assumptions, but in the case where you're a mid-bracket earner, an RRSP is is a reasonable strategy, but perhaps a, a more beneficial strategy would be to just take your after-tax dollars and contribute them directly into a TFSA. Hold on, hold on. 
the best RSP strategy is actually using the TFSA. <laughs> the, the perfect strategy is to maybe not use it at all. Of course, again, like like I said, it, it depends on some assumptions and projecting tax rates into the future and in retirement, which which can can be challenging. However, investing in the TFSA removes some of the you know concerns or needs to have to reinvest it in the future. So. Yeah, it, investing in 100% in TFSA seems to be the best option if you are in that middle bracket. Yeah, this is where the the personal finance component comes into it. Like if we're just looking at numbers on a page, it says like, okay, well, if we're in the same bracket when we contribute, the same bracket when we withdraw, it should be functionally exactly the same, the RSP versus the TFSA. But let's remember how the RSP works. So if you have employment income, you've got money in your bank account, you make your RSP contribution, you file your taxes, you wait to get your refund, then you have to have the discipline to reinvest the refund. And in many cases, that whole song and dance just equals the benefit of the TFSA when you could have just put it in there the whole time. And if you actually look at the lag time between when you make your contribution, when you get your refund, and when you actually reinvest it, that might be enough time where the TFSA actually does make it better because your money was invested for you that whole time anyways. Absolutely. Okay. So someone in the middle bracket, there is a case to be made, but the discipline, the personal discipline to do everything right and predict your future tax rate is it takes a little bit more legwork. So is an RSP wrong for someone there? I would I would say not. And again, we're just talking personal RSP here. If you have something at work, that is a lot easier to make it work because they are able to invest pre-tax money for you. Absolutely. That that removes some of the behavioral piece like you're talking about and, and the personal considerations. And especially if your employer does any matching, boy, the rate of return on free money is pretty high. Tough so, to beat. Tough th- to beat. Yeah, tough to beat. There. So I would recommend that. If you have a workplace plan, if you're self-employed, it's a little bit different again. But if you're just a regular employed person making anywhere between that fifty to 100000 it's tough to really make the argument to use an RSP over a TFSA if you have the TFSA room. Okay, so let's jump ahead then to someone who is what I would call a high income earner. So someone who would be in those higher tax brackets. Let's just go to the extremes and then you can extrapolate from there where you might fit. So someone in the highest tax bracket in Saskatchewan, you have to pay 47.5% there. Let's just use a nice round number like 250000 So someone who's making 250000 here in Saskatchewan, you're paying 47.5%. Some provinces, it's more than that. Some provinces, is a little bit less, but the point will still remain. So if you're making a $10,000 contribution, making $250,000, the refund that you can expect there is about $4,750. That's pretty good. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Okay. So in that case, for someone who's earning $250,000 during their working years, are most of those people still having incomes of $250,000 in retirement? Yeah, that's kind of the, the the big question, right, to answer. But of course, most likely not. That is a, a very high salary, of course, in today's dollars. And to be equaling that in retirement is just unlikely given, you know, most people's situation in retirement savings. Right. So if that means they have a lower income, that means that they're going to be paying a lower rate of tax. Because again, our tax system is what we call progressive. So the more the more money you make, the more tax you pay. And so if you have a lower income, in retirement, again, enough to drop an actual tax bracket, not just lower and stay in the same bracket. But if you're able to drop a tax bracket, that's where it can really, really start to make a lot of sense 
because the amount that you get from your refund is large enough and the differential between today's tax rate and the future tax rate is large enough too. So it's it becomes a lot more likely that the RSP is going to work in your favor over the long term. Totally agree. And this is an interesting scenario. And as Evan, you know, as you were mentioning, the more your differential between today's tax rate and future marginal tax rate, as that increases, the benefit increases in the RSP. And in this case, I think there is almost a, I dare I say, perfect scenario that you can kind of paint out on paper. And in that case, that would be investing into an RSP and continuing to reinvest the refunds into the RSP every year. Right. And and the reason for that, again, is because your tax rate differential is so large that the benefit is almost too hard to ignore. Like when it's exactly the same, it's like, well, we should have just used the TFSA. Absolutely. But now when there's almost a guarantee that your tax rate's going to be lower later, the differential there, that's free money. And back to the refund on refund on refund concept, that refund continues to grow and allows you to provide more capital to invest which then provides more growth and provide, you know, allows for a larger pool of, of retirement assets. Okay. Pretty cool. So the perfect RSP strategy is different for a lot of people, but let's go through some of those scenarios again. So let's do it per person. So someone who is a mid bracket earner, the perfect RSP strategy is going to be really tough to do. And so the perfect RSP strategy for a mid-bracket earner is probably a TFSA. <laughs> probably. I'd have to agree. Okay. And a, and a low-bracket earner would, would be the same thing. So anything under about 50000 I, I would probably make the argument to just keep using your TFSA because there, there's this concept called Occam's Razor. Let's really get into French philosophy here. But the idea there is that if you're comparing two scenarios that expect to have the same outcome, you should choose the one that has the fewest assumptions. Obviously, it's imperfect a little bit, but behavior is a huge component to this. So mid-bracket, low-bracket, let's cut out all these assumptions. Let's cut out all the discipline. Let's cut out all the future predicting for your future tax rate. Let's just use that TFSA if you have room. Absolutely. Occam didn't know it, but Occam was touching on uh, TFSAs and RSPs yes. well ahead of his time. Yes, absolutely. He was yeah. about a thousand years ahead of exactly. his time. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's do the audience some credit here though. Say TFSA room is already maxed taken out. care of, maxed out. How do we best use the RSP to our advantage then um, as a mid-bracket person? An RSP is a, is a great option in that case. And, and it does allow for uh, preferential tax treatment today. Most likely the best scenario in that case would be invest invest your after-tax dollars in an RSP today. And when you receive that refund come tax time next year, put that money back into a TFSA right away. Don't worry about trying to invest refunds over many years, but take that one refund, invest it into a TFSA and use those dollars to, to grow there. And the reason that you're able to do that is that the next calendar year, you'll get more TFSA room. So right. yeah, assuming you've got the more room coming again in the following calendar year, that can be a decent way to do it. Absolutely. Okay. So then for the high income earner, the RSP, get your refund and then right back into the RSP, Let's not beat around the bush here. The, the benefit of that high tax rate is is going to work to your advantage more often than not. Absolutely. So anyone that's making above that minimum bracket, that's where it can really start to make sense when the RSP is, is really great. Another situational thing, so not based on how much money you're earning, but if you're making an RSP contribution and you're planning to get a refund for it, if you have high interest debt, like credit card debt, even some car loans that are 7 to 10%, 
boy, it is pretty tough to beat that. Tough to beat that. Tough to beat. So I would say if you have debt in that 7% plus range, that's when you can say, okay, well, let's make an RSP contribution. Let's get a little bit of a refund and throw it against the debt. You're going to be in a much better financial situation currently and in the long term as well. Okay, well, hopefully that uh, answers a few questions as it pertains to RSPs. Again, the deadline for 2022 is March 1st, so you can make a contribution between now and March 1st for the 2021 tax year. And if you find yourself in any of those situations where an RSP makes the most sense, keep that in mind. But if you have the TFSA room, I'm a huge believer in the TFSA, and you could do a lot worse than making a TFSA contribution as well. Absolutely. Can't go wrong with the TFSA. Seems to be a winner. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Jordan, for joining me today. And we'll see you again next time. Yeah. Thanks, Evan. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me today on the Canadian Money Roadmap Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd really appreciate if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts with your biggest takeaway. If you have questions or ideas for topics you'd like me to discuss on future episodes, please reach out via my contact info in the show notes. This podcast is intended to be educational in nature, and you should always consult your financial, tax, and legal advisors before making changes to your financial plan. Any rates of return discussed are historical or hypothetical and are to be used for educational purposes only. Evan Neufeld is a qualified associate financial planner and registered investment fund advisor. Mutual funds are provided through Sterling Mutuals, Inc.